Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes in adult language. For a full list of trigger and content warnings, please check our show notes before each episode. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Arc 2, Episode 12 of our Delta Green campaign, Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. I'm Aaron, and I'm Beefer. I'm Allegra, and I'm playing Dottie. I'm Amanda, and I'm playing Blue. I'm Caleb, and I'm playing Compass. I'm Eli, and I'm playing Pinks. I'm Zakia, and I'm playing Captain Connolly. Tonight, we'll be playing through the last half of our original scenario aboard the USS Eldridge. About a year ago, as I was planning this second arc, I knew I had to raise the stakes like any good sequel. And with the assistance of Vince from Black Project Gaming, I think we achieved just that. Vince helped me edit and design some of the major set pieces that you'll hear in this arc. I recommend you all check out his Delta Green campaign, A Night at the Opera, available through Black Project Gaming. He's currently running Mayday through a spooky ghost campaign using Orpheus by White Wolf Publishing. You can catch that on our Twitch or YouTube channel. Thank you, Vince, for being a great design partner, a damn good handler, and an even better friend. Now, let's begin. This is Jonah Langley, formerly of Callsign Compass. I was originally a part of the teams. I was a father, a husband, and a patriot. My last operation was executed in 2012. My corpse was found in the debris of the USS Eldridge in October of 1943 as part of Project Tell, 2012. This is the closest I've come to understanding this fucking thing. Myself, call signs downtime, Lion, Beefer, Blue, and Pinks were called to a special op for what I first believed to be a private military corporation. Part of that was Beefer's involvement. He's PMC the whole way, type that wouldn't blink at the devil, but it became clear when they began what they called aptitude tests that we were dealing with a whole different animal. Definitely a fed op paid through some sort of shell company called March Industries. But I'm used to that too. Under all that, there's something more. When they say G-men, they're talking about these people. The aptitude tests were there to thin the herd, a fire range to pull us into thinking this was normal. Lion just about showed us all up. I don't think I've seen a tighter grouping of shots, and I don't think he'd let us forget it either. Even had some friendly competition. You get enough seals in the room and they'll make anything into a pissing contest. Downtime and pinks were of the highest spirits. I don't think it was for ignorance. They were smart guys. They just weren't about to let the lab coats break the joke. But throw up that challenge and the government will answer. Morgue contact mine defusal, plummet and all. A deep dive to get to the target, two teams to defuse. Simple stuff that we all took as a show of skill. Never trust a group that will brief you before they train you. I regret everything that happened in downtime then. I regret more that I'll never know his name. He was a good guy. Great smile. Finally, they brought us to the real reason we were there. Destroyer-class warship banked in the river and an infill mission run through. The kicker were these bizarre silver suits they packed us in, no standard scuba. Hard as all hell to breathe in and my body was starting to feel the age of my ops. They benched me after the first two infills and that's when things went to hell. Not because of the team, they were more than capable without me. Test. Cutout targets became the ringing of live fire round exchanges in the distance. I don't know how Lion went out, but I know he gave every last part of himself on that test. Let that be what you remember of. They dragged the survivors into a locked room under false pretense, and there it all went to shit. A high-pitched whine, something like an ayahuasca headache, and everything I knew about the world shifted. The 
you want to feel big, be a Marine. If you want to feel small, be a SEAL. If you want to be smaller, wade through the super dimension. My vision shifted to Technicolor, and in the swamp of it, these things came for us. Boogeymen I couldn't see. Not at the time. It was our final test. Then, in our final meal together before the briefing, Blue asked our names. We shared that much, scared to lose another man to a call sign. The briefing didn't make this any easier, but it put things into perspective. In 43, the Eldritch, where I die, is transporting a device called a resonator that opens up a gateway to where we were in the locker room, something called End Space. That gateway took the Destroyer class, but it's also going to take us nearly 70 years in the past. Insane point. Inside End Space, it's up to us to infill the Destroyer, climb the conning tower attached to the surface of the Destroyer, prime a charge of demo to enter the tower, and two more for the device. Trigger is dealer's choice. I know what you're asking. I asked it too. No exfil. No way out. They readied us the rest of the day, exposing us to that space, making us accustomed to the monsters on the other side. We prepped our equipment, even got a phone call. Now we're just about ready to go in. There was something an instructor of mine screamed at us the morning before our Kodiak dips. The only easy day was yesterday. Nothing else seems worth saying. It's October 28th, 1943, at 8.08 a.m. The cold water of the Chesapeake Bay laps against the docks of Linhaven Roads, Virginia. It's a bright, shining Thursday, and the deck of the USS Eldridge, a naval destroyer escort, is bustling with activity. Deckhands and crew members go about their morning routine, getting the ship ready to sail. Though America is at the height of World War II, the Eldridge has been pulled from the front lines to perform an experiment that has been commissioned by the Office of Naval Intelligence. Because the ship is running on a skeleton crew, there is something for everyone to do. One of the individuals scuttling about the deck is a woman named Dottie. Allegra, could you introduce your character and explain what she is currently doing to ensure the ship is ready for departure? So Dottie's about 5'2 and kind of short and stocky. Uh, she walks hunched over, uh, kind of in her baggy Navy mechanic getup. Uh, the legs are rolled up several times over her boots, and the, the sleeves are too, because they're clearly too long for her. Uh, her dark curly hair is crammed up under her cap in a style that kind of looks like from a distance that she has short hair, but when you get closer, you can kind of tell that it's piled forward. Uh, she's got brown eyes that are always kind of squinting at what she's doing with her hands. She's got crooked front teeth and she usually keeps her mouth shut. Um, she's clearly trying not to draw attention to herself. Um, and she's kind of going along all the lines of the ship and cleaning, you know, the, the salt off of them from the, from the sea. Uh, pulling bits of debris out, checking to make sure all the fastenings are fully tightened down. If one's a little loose, she'll pull a screwdriver out of one of the big 
pockets and tighten it down. Um, every now and then she'll kind of whisper to the ship, just sweet little, sweet little ship words. I'm gonna take this dust off of here and all these little bits of hay. Where did this even come from? Why are you covered in hay? It's okay, I'll take it away. It'll be clean and then you won't have to worry about anything else. You're a good ship, yes you are. <laughs> wow. This is just gonna make us sad later, so yeah, I'm no, trying not to I'm pay already, attention. I'm already feeling the regret. Johnny, oh. <laughs> you're making your way around the ship and people are passing you constantly. Everyone is in high spirits. You've spent the last month basically on shore leave as the ship has been parked here. You've come on and off every day to kind of do your usual routine, but the ship is ready to do whatever it is they're planning to do. Um, as you are kind of making a round, uh, you see ahead of you kind of walking down the, uh, the deck of the ship, along with a couple of people maybe following them, uh, is your captain. Zakia, would you mind describing the captain, their name, and what they're doing to get the get ready for the day. Yes, um, Captain Caesar Connolly Jr. is a tall, old, bald, light-skinned man um, who has, he's the kind of person that would press his clothes so well that they stand up by himself and test them every morning to confirm that. Um, he's thriving, he's living his best life right now this is a new day, this is a new project. He gets to tell people what to do. Everything is perfect. Um, I think, yeah, I think he just walks up to Dottie and is just like, cuts her off and is just, good morning. Good morning, sir. Are you ready? As I'll ever be, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what's happening, but I'm very excited and looking forward to working with you however I can and making sure this girl keeps running. She kind of like pats the, pats the hole. That's all we have to worry about. He he takes off. Uh, he takes out a, a bosun pipe, and lights the bottom of it, and rolls the wax around. Um, and it's not his job to blow the whistle, but he does, just to sort of remind people that he has a whistle. And says, "Look, it's there's very little that we, us kind of people, have to worry about. We just have to make sure that we get out and come in on time. That's what we're here for. Stay on schedule. Everything works out. Yes, sir." Speaking of time, Captain, you know that you were trying to get a early start. It's 8.09 and it's time to uh, begin. So wh what do you, where do you head? Uh, I'm going to head probably to the helm. Which would be the, uh, the pilot house, yeah. uh, which is also part of the conning tower. You make your way over there. The only way to actually enter the conning tower properly is going into the ship. Uh, so you descend a level and then eventually get to uh, uh, the, the area where you can go up a set of staircases into the main pilot house where your pilots and your uh, second are waiting for you. And they ask, what are the orders, Captain? Uh, we just kind of have to take her out there for now. Uh, <laughs> just follow the coordinates, everything else. That's not for us to worry about. We just take her out there, make sure we get there on time. Y yes, sir. And, the, and they, you know, kind of call around to begin. The ship begins leaving the docks. You know that the coordinates are the Pokemoki Sound, which is a secluded area uh, to the north 
you would have to actually kind of leave the Virginia Territory uh, waters or, and head into the Pokemoki Sound where you know this experiment is supposed to occur. The ship embarks and you head northeast. Trailing behind you, you would both see, I'm sure Captain, you would be in contact with. Dottie, you would be able to see that there are two uh, chase ships behind you. One is called the SS Andrew Furuseth and the SS Salinas. These are part of the experiment, and Captain Connolly, you would specifically know that the lead members of the ONI and of the scientific group that were kind of handling this entire operation are going to watch the experiment from those ships. Okay. Anything worth noting for the hour-long trip out into the sound? Do you guys do anything, or are you just kind of maintaining your posts? Because the captain doesn't really have to do the steering, so I think he's just going to make sure that the helm is okay and then go back um, on deck and sort of stand about, make sure everyone's doing their job. Yeah, and, and of course, every time someone passes you, they give you a, a friendly salute. It's, you know, again, it's a beautiful day. The wind feels good on your face. Eventually, after about an hour of travel, the ship does find itself in the Pokemoki Sound. Comes to a stop. The chase ships are maybe a hundred meters or so away. And you know that it's time to move to the next phase of the day. Captain, what would you like to do? Ooh, uh, what time is it? Uh, it's about, it's getting close to 10. Got maybe a minute or two before 10. Okay, um, then I'm going to find, I think I'll actually go to the workshop then. You go down into the belly of the ship and uh, on the kind of the, the first proper level, there is the general workshop, which you know that has been retrofitted and there is a big steel door that has been closed because the entire room has been degaussed. Whatever the experiment is, it should not affect what's inside. Okay. Um, do I see Dr. Brown? Uh, through a small porthole, yes, you can see Dr. Brown. He is in the center of the room. He has this kind of instrumentation in front of him, what looks to be mostly kind of just uh, meters and dials. And behind him is all of the connective tissue that connects to the resonator aboard the conning tower and powers it. Now that we're in place, I'm going to just um, walk through and stand next to him like I'm looking at everything and nodding and this is all very good. You, you actually, you attempt to open the door, but it's locked. Um, and he he waves at you and says, he kind of is signaling, asking if, if, if it's okay to begin. Oh, double thumbs up. You, you can hear him through the glass muffled up, moving to phase one of the experiment. And he begins pulling on a very large uh, lever. When this happens, there is a rumble and a whine, a kind of shrill whine that is heard across the ship. Dottie, you hear this kind of loud whine and everyone at the same time kind of experiences a shudder just this kind of semi-violent shudder. The lights dim a little bit, Captain, since you're down in the ship, but they come back and things are okay. I'm gonna knock on the door and just give another like, is that normal? He can hear me through the door, right? Uh, yeah, he can hear you. He, he just kind of signals again, another thumbs up saying that, you know, power's up. I look at him like, 
Is it actually okay? <laughs> he, he he kind of ignores it and just goes goes back to kind of looking at the dials and stuff. This is this is peak experiment time, and I I don't think he has much time for you. All right, then he's gonna about face and go back up to the deck. Then Dottie feeling the shutter and like hearing the wine, she's gonna like smooth her hand over the side. What was that, huh? We're doing an experiment, right? This has to be part of the experiment. You're okay. You're okay. Do we have walkies? I think that you have the ability on each level, each floor, to find like a a, 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 a a wall phone or something that you could probably call to the deck or something like that if you wanted to. Cool. About a minute later, Dottie, uh, some of the men around you begin stopping in their tracks and they're kind of, you notice them looking around. And when you look up, you kind of notice that there is this shimmering, flattened sphere that kind of begins to blanket the air. This perpetual humming has kind of almost disappeared where it sounds like it's this, you know, just one more buzzing sound aboard uh, a ship. But it's this kind of shimmering field that suddenly catches your attention in the air. And the longer it lingers, it begins kind of changing colors and eventually settling into a kind of fuchsia-like haze. Are you doing anything in this first moment? No, I think she, I think she's just going to continue her habit of like talking to the ship. Oh, is this you? Are you doing this? Oh, I bet you're doing this. You're a good ship. You're a smart ship. I bet you figured out how to do this. This is definitely you. Wow, it's very pretty. Can I call? Can I call Dottie over the like the um, the wall phone? Sure. Okay, cool. I'm gonna loudly again, as usual. Dottie! She'll jump to attention and salute kind of awkwardly. Yes, sir! Over the phone, you don't have to salute. Oh, yes, sir. And she'll, like, try to salute again and then realize and put her put her arm down. Yes, sir! Did you see that? Well, I think it would be hard not to, sir. I agree. I know you have a special way with the ship. I know you whisper your ship words. Um, please let me know if anything gets a little higgledy-piggledy while we're out here. What would qualify as higgledy-piggledy, sir? Can you give me an example, or is it just something out of the ordinary? Because this is already out of the ordinary, sir. The bar is very high. The sky is pink now. I do see that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I trust your judgment. Thank you, sir. I will keep you abreast of whatever this is. As you are having this conversation, or it kind of comes to a close, Dottie, the fuchsia haze is now darkening the the horizon and whatever distinct landmarks islands cities other ships they eventually fade and all that there is all that is visible is this kind of fuchsia haze immediately like if we've just put the phone down i'm gonna immediately pick it up uh sir yes there is um there's a bit of a uh as she is saying as Dottie is talking to you the electronics cut out (gasps) <gasps> no. The line goes dead. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll say that, you know, the, the lights that are inside cut out. You can hear the engine suddenly. There is only the hum of this machine. Uh, if I'm not far from the workshop, I'm going to right back around. So you begin heading down there. Dottie, things are getting more and more interesting on the deck of the ship. The crew members who were kind of stunned begin moving. And when they move, there is this illuminated kind of tracing pattern uh, behind them as they walk. 
and some of them are mesmerized by it. Some of them are really kind of moving their hands around to try to play up the, the, the colors. If I move my hand, are there like trails coming off of my hand too? Yes, absolutely. Okay, this is a higgledy-piggledy. I need to find the captain. Would I know where the captain was? Sure, you, you would know that in all likelihood the captain would be in the uh, the pilot house. Um, I would probably start heading that way. And then all of a sudden you hear a scream. It screams, Captain. It screams, Captain. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'd... Well, maybe I would go toward the... Oh, go. Oh, well, the, the, the good news is, is that the screaming is coming from the direction that you were planning to go anyway. Great, then that solves both of my problems and I will head that direction. Yeah, and, and, and as you're walking, you see who is screaming. It is a man that you know named Ensign Ronald Barlow. And he is running around on the deck of the ship, swatting at something. You don't see what it is, but he keeps screaming about, get it away from me. Uh, it's disgusting. Oh my God, don't you see it? And and there's other men kind of following him and trying to calm him down. Can I see if there's any like markings on him? Like something's like got him or? Uh, as you look at him, there doesn't appear to be anything out of the ordinary. There, but there are other, other people kind of taking care of him right now. Yeah, there's about three other crew members who are now kind of grabbing him and starting to put him down like on the, on the deck of the ship. Okay, um, I'm probably Probably not any use there. I need to find the captain, and then I need to fix your electricity. Something's wrong. And then I'll, I'll start heading back to the captain. So as you continue heading to the, the, the captain's ship, you have to pass this group. And that's when you see Ronald Barlow, his shirt begin to kind of tear open, almost out of its own volition. And he begins screaming in even more pain. And as he continues to scream, the the crew have to kind of back up as bits of his flesh begin to tear in front of him. And, and he's just screaming in bloody agony as it seems like something is beginning to tear him apart. And I need you to make a sanity check, please. Cool, 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 cool. This is super fine. Uh, logistical question. Hold on. I succeed. Okay, you succeed. You're only, only going to lose one sanity. Um, you know, succeeding on a sanity check is denial. So so how how does denial work for Dottie in terms of blocking this right, out? Right. Well, he must have a medical condition that they didn't notice when they pulled him onto the ship. Yeah, it must be something new or something that was kind of lurking underneath. I don't know. Dottie, you enter inside the ship to get to the captain. Captain, you are heading down. Uh, you will probably cross Dottie soon enough. But the problem is, is that you come down into the ship and you have to have a flashlight and you see other folks with flashlights. You are making your way down the hall and you see one crew member standing there and he just, he looks ill and he looks to you and he says... I don't feel so well, Captain. And then he begins to sink into the ship. What? <laughs> I'm going to try to grab him. You run over and you grab his hands. When he realizes what's happening, he starts screaming for your help. Go ahead and make a um, strength times five or athletics. <laughs> That's a fail. 70 out of 60. What's weird is that you run over to grab his hands and... It's as if his hands aren't there. They're like, it's almost as if they're just like a projection. You're touching nothing. And what happens is you pull your hands back in amazement and he stops his, his chest about halfway up his chest. He just suddenly comes to a stop. 
and then starts gasping for air as if his lungs have been disconnected. And you go to grab his hand one last time, and now he is corporeal, but his hands go limp as he is struggling to breathe in your hand in your hands. And I'm gonna ask you to make a sanity check, please. Let me not use my death dice. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> That's a pass. Okay. You're only going to lose one sanity. Dottie and Captain, both of you put a point towards helplessness. But Captain, you're 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 stunned by what has just happened. What are you doing? He's he's dead or he's dying? He is dying. He is spitting up blood as he looks at you. H- halfway fused into the ship. I think apart from that, this is familiar for him, so he's gonna get on the floor and hold the part that's above the floor until he stops and be like, it's okay, it's okay. It's, and he'll just start listing like things that are real right now. Like it's, it's 10.30 in the morning. You know, you did a great job. You came here on time. You did your job and just wait. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Part of the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> you guys suck. A few minutes pass and he does stop. Dottie, you turn a corner and there is one or two uh, crew members that have kind of joined you. They also have the idea of, well, we got to get the captain. We got to figure out what the hell's going on. You turn the corner, Captain Connolly, you see the three of them approaching. The only problem is, is that behind Dottie, the other two crew members just fade away. What? They literally just shimmer and disappear. Uh, we gotta turn it off. We gotta turn it off. Yes, yes, we do. Follow me, and he's gonna... Yeah, yeah. ...run back to where the machine is. But before we do that, let's roll sanity checks, the two of you. Uh, pink dice and purple Pass. dice. 40. Happy colors. 22, that's a success. Okay, uh, you are both going to lose just one sanity. Uh, justify for me again, what's going on? How are you able to keep your cool when you've just witnessed the impossible? Uh, I think Dottie's mostly focused on the ship. Like, oh, they've done something terrible to you. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm going to fix it. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it and you can keep sailing. It'll be okay. And she's just like, she's not focused on the people. She's focused on the ship. I think he's... He's trying to, like, rewrite the deaths with, like, more rational deaths that he's seen. And just, like, this is combat. It happens. It happens all the time. So, Captain Connolly, with uh, Crewman Dottie, you head to the lower level where there is the general workshop. You come up to the door where there is the small porthole and you can see Dr. Brown inside and... He doesn't seem to notice that anything is unusual. In fact, you can see that on your side, everything is colored in this kind of pink fuchsia glow. But inside, it looks like it's almost looked like you're looking at color television or something. It's just a completely different uh, uh, light. Um, he's going to bang on the door and try to get his attention. First, yeah, just not say anything. Just bang on the door to see if he's even aware. He has on some headphones that he takes off and looks up at you. He gestures once with his shoulders, and when you won't let up, he walks over and opens the hatch and says, What's the matter, Captain? Uh, Brown, I think it's time to turn it off. It is time to turn it off. I'm sorry, we have another ten minutes of testing. It it doesn't matter, People are dying. You have to turn it off. People are dying? Could you give me a little bit more of a description as to what's going on? They're not alive anymore, Brown. There were people on my ship. 
that were living. They walked on here and they're gonna have to get wheeled out because of whatever the fuck you just turned on. So turn it off. Uh, I don't understand. All of my readouts and dials are saying that the machine is working perfectly. What exactly um, is this machine meant to I, do? Well, you know, Captain, it's a uh, it's a stealth device. Uh, is that working? Uh, how about you go to the deck of the ship and you tell me what's happening? Fine. Donnie. Sir. Can you go to the deck of the ship, check things out, but also uh, talk to the Andrew and the Salinas and see what they see as well? Yes, sir. The last time I was up there, though, they were gone. Everything's just pink. There's no land. There's no ships. There's no anything. It's just pink. I can, I can check again. I can check again. Yeah, if, if even if you can't see them, try to call them. Yes, sir. And I, she'll just take off at like a dead heat sprint trying to get up to the up to the deck. Okay. Uh, Dottie, you make it to the deck, and as soon as you come out, what stands out to you is how drastically things have changed in just a couple of minutes of being down in the ship. You come out, and, you know, this fuchsia haze that feels thick like water uh, is, is everywhere, and it is nothing but screaming and uh, uh, yelling. You look around, and almost every man is either fighting something or uh, uh, tearing their clothes off. You see men leaping off of the ship in terror. And when you go to the side, they literally, it just looks like they fall forever until you eventually can't even see their faces anymore. Okay, um, Captain told me to totally call the, the Andrew and the Salinas. Okay, okay, uh, I'm gonna find... None of the communications are working, and... Yeah, I'll, I'll pick them up and put it down and, like, fiddle with any wires that I can see, any, any kind of, like box that I can open, I'll, like, flip it open and try and, like, see if there's anything, like, any current running through. Go ahead and make a, uh, either an electronics or a, uh, I would say maybe a heavy machinery roll. So, Jesus, there's no, like, I know we can't see anything from the top, but there's, there's, like, no sound, there's no wind, there's nothing, just... Uh, yeah, it, 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 Dottie does not feel any kind of wind, uh, n yeah, nothing. Uh, I rolled a one. Okay, you you are trying to put it together, but I mean, it's as if, I mean, there's just no electricity to work with. Something has completely sapped the ship, uh, and yet the machine is still working. Steam experiment uh, taking all your electricity. Oh, we have to turn that thing off. Captain, you're down, and at this point, you step in, and you step out of this kind of fuchsia haze. It feels like things are different in here. And Dr. Brown is just kind of asking you questions. You know, what, what, what is the effect? How are people dying? I don't understand. You know, could you be more descriptive? I'm, I'm just going to take him by the by his shirt and stick him outside and look at him in the eye and just like this. Do you get it? You, you pull his head out and he doesn't, he, he, you know, he's like, oh, how intriguing. What, what is this effect? And then he, and then you just see him kind of look down the hall and he goes, oh my God, you know, as if he's watching something horrible to, you know, unfolding in front of him. And he just kind of shuts the door and is breathing heavy. He's like, he looks at you, he's like, we have to turn this thing off now. Thank you. Okay, great. I'm glad you're here. 
background. He rushes over to the control panel and just starts mass, you know, pulling levers, hitting buttons, and you can see that the machine, uh, the 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 control system is shutting down. You hear that? But the problem is is that same buzzing, that same persistent machine noise continues. And Dr. Brown looks at the, the instrumentation panel and he looks at you and he says, it's, it's off, but why won't it turn off? I don't understand. And he kind of rushes back to the instruments trying to understand what's happening. But as far as you can tell, everything is off. But when you look out that porthole or if you stick your head out, the effect is still lingering. What is it... <clears throat> I guess I'm wondering if it's hooked up to another... Is it hooked up to another power source? Is there any chance that it could be, like, a generator or something? The d- doctor's like, it, it, it was on batteries, that's it! And, and the batteries have been disconnected. There's no way that there was a malfunction. There's no way that this thing should be running. It's impossible! I, I, I need to get to deck of the ship. I, I need to see this for myself. Okay, is there... It's. Is the entirety of the machine just in the workshop? No, you know that there is a battery system uh, uh, in the, the lower deck. Okay, cool. Uh, then, nope, never mind. Grabbing him, going down to the lower deck. Show me these batteries you're talking about. No, no, I, I, I no, I want to see the deck of the ship. Could you please roll for me a an unarmed combat or um, a strength check, whichever you like. It's going to be opposed because he's trying to get to the deck of the ship. Right. Strength is... Okay, pass with the 38. Nice. So you just manhandle him. Um, he critically fails with a 99 trying to uh, 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 get off of you. So you manage to, to kind of pull him back. But the problem is he's, he kind of takes a, a, a step and trips on an instrumentation and he falls and he slams his head against the wall, and he appears to now be unconscious. Oh, Brown. Damn it. Okay. Um, then I'm, I'm going to keep going down to the battery then. Okay. We're going to leave you for a moment. Dottie, you are on the deck of the ship. Um, you know that the power's out. What are you doing? There are men who are just in fetal position crying. Uh, there are men who seem to be attacked. You have been exposed uh, to this fuchsia haze long enough that you can now see there are wriggling creatures wriggling in the sky and moving around. And there's different kinds. Some look like eels, like eyeless eels. Some look like tumbleweeds that are, like, stuck to the walls. Go ahead and give me a sanity check for that. Just barely succeed. Okay. Uh, you are going to not lose any sanity. Uh, you are maintaining your composure. What what part of the ship are you on at this point? I probably would have gone to this passage and gone up. So I'm probably, like, center of the ship, closer to the stern, um, and kind of looking off to the, to the starboard side. You are just kind of trying to stay safe. There is this kind of bright flash uh, in the stern of the ship, and you look and there's a commotion as men as crew members are backing away from what appears to be four individuals in these shiny silver suits they are carrying what appears to be very large weapons 
but their face is covered by a silver domed helmet and you cannot see their faces. They look like aliens that you would see in comics or something. I would have read about aliens in comics for sure. And I think I would like pull out the giant wrench I have in one of my pockets and just kind of like get ready. (laughs) I don't have any other weapons, but I got a fucking wrench. The seals of Project Tell. One moment you were in a large metal experimentation chamber, and now you are on the deck of what looks to be a ship in hell. You were warned that it was a hell of a situation, and you see your worst nightmares. There are men leaping off the sides of the ship, men who have become fused to the ship, uh, men that are fighting, which you can see, are liquivore type creatures moving through the, the, the end space. All of you give me a round of sanity checks, as this is even worse than you were expecting. <laughs> yeah, that uh, makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I pass. I pass with a 38. So, Sergio, can I ask you something really quick, too? Do our suits have any, like, regalia on them, like an American flag or, like, a United States Navy or anything like that? There's, no, there, there's absolutely nothing. Great, hostile, yep. great, we're a hostile force. Got it, yeah. got it, good, good, good. <laughs> good. Everyone, everyone succeeds? Uh, yeah, I succeed. Great. Uh, you do not lose any sanity. You know, you were warned about what to expect, and it's it's just as bad as, as you thought it, it it might be or as they, as they were hyping it up to be. But you have one very clear mission. You are in the stern of the ship. You know that you have to get to the conning tower, but the only way is to go into the ship. You have the port and the starboard side uh, as possible entrances. You know, you can, you look to your port and you see that there are about six men milling about there. And if you look to the starboard side, there is a single man over there. Did we have a point person, person designated that I'm not remembering? I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Are we going port side, though, or starboard side? I'm all about going the the route with the one person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll go down what port side, the side with the, the one guy. I just, everyone knows, I, I have all the uh, explosives on me. So we wouldn't put you on point, is what you're saying. Yeah, I would I would probably be, uh, like, at least protected on that side, because I have to at least be very determined to shut it down. Should we inform these people? to stand still and put their hands up. They don't know what the fuck is going on. No, we just need to go. Yeah, they fire, we fire. You begin making your way portside, pushing through the occasional crew member who's just kind of stunned looking at you. I'll say, Dottie, you are one of those people as you see these four individuals just start darting towards the center of the ship. Um, do you want to do anything in particular or are you just kind of watching them? Um, so if they're, they're going for a... They're going for a passage to get down into the ship, right? It looks like to me. You don't know what they are or who they are or what their intentions are, okay, but no, yes. No, then I don't know that. Um, then having like listened to War of the Worlds and knowing that I can't fight the aliens, I'm going to try and duck down into a passage so I can get to the captain as quickly as possible. Are you going to follow them on on the port side, or are you going to go to the starboard side? There's a passage pretty close to me because I was I was kind of I in my head I got up around what would be directly above the general workshop, and there's a passage directly sternward of it. So I think I'm gonna duck down back in there. 
The uh, four seals, you make your way to the one individual, and as you get closer, you realize this individual has been stripped down uh, to their underwear. Um, where their clothes are, you have no idea, but they are staring longingly out into the void, and you can hear them saying, they're so beautiful. It's all so beautiful. Do you do anything as you pass them? No, no. Nope. Bowl right through them. I am keeping, like, as I'm moving in the back, I am priming a handgun against him in, in case anything goes wild as we're passing. As he is just continuing to say, God, they're all so beautiful, he kind of looks in your direction and smiles and then just is yanked <laughs> off of the ship by some kind of invisible force. I need all, all four of you to make sand checks, please. <laughs> oh. You gotta go. That's why I'm like keeping my head down. I succeed with a 25. Succeed with an eight. Succeed with a 65. I, yes, succeed, yes. <laughs> okay, you're all hardened badasses. Uh, I don't believe you lose any sanity, but uh, shit is popping off here. And you, the way we're going to do this now is if you would like to move somewhere, so we'll say that you hit the, the passage there. Go ahead and roll the D-100 for me. All of us? Uh, l- let's designate one person. How about the point man? Pinks. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, 14. Uh, what room are you moving to? I, I think we should go straight line as far as we can. and Yeah. I don't see why we do anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so we'll, we'll just move forward towards the washroom. You move in, and this is tight quarters, first of all. You know, I don't know if I really explained well enough in our first session that it's tight in here. I mean, the, the, the walls, the ceiling, you're really having to watch as you move that you don't kind of bump into anything or get caught on something. But you're making your way through the the crew washroom. There are toilets and showers and and bunks. And while you're crossing through here, you notice some crew members in their bunks kind of getting startled by something and they kind of stumble backwards. And as you look over, you see a light source, a very bright light source appear. There is a man completely naked, but glowing orange. His eyes a, a, a bright yellow and he you realize is phasing through like the bunks like he's literally just walking through the bunks and kind of comes to the center of the room and looks at you guys and but it just kind of stares at you and then turns and walks through one of the opposite walls and I need you all to make sanity checks, please. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, great. Oh, tie, 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 tie. That's gonna be great later. Dr. <sighs> Eldridge on the boat. I- I fail with the 74. Succeed with the 10. I 50. barely, I failed by one. Those of you that succeed, you take zero. Those of you that uh, failed, you're going to lose one sanity. It's not so bad, right? You continue pushing on. Um, Dottie, you scramble down and you still see men running back and forth, but you are able to eventually get back to the general workshop. You look, the door is open. There is a unconscious Dr. Brown and the captain is nowhere to be found. But the machine, and do I notice the machine's off? The instrumentation panel is off, but the effects and the hum, that constant hum in the background is still on. Okay, okay, captain's gone, captain's gone. He might've just disappeared too. He might've just disappeared too. He's part of the ship now, he's part of the ship now. Captain, you're part of the ship now. It's fine. What does Dottie want to do? (laughs) 
honestly, she just wants to sit down and cry, but she knows that's not an option. <laughs> so she is going to. I don't. I wouldn't know about the battery. What I well, uh, you have a sixty in engineering. I think that you would understand, and certainly being an engineer, you probably would be under the understanding that there are there is a battery system, uh, you know, for for this uh, for this resonator, probably just the the level below. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I would probably start heading in that direction if I. Because that's that's the only thing I know that could be connected to this. And um, is there an electrical? Like- we'll, we'll say that um, the aft fire room number twenty six, okay. uh, just below the general workshop, is where the battery system is. Great. Then I will head that way. Let's have uh, Dottie and uh, the captain. Uh, we'll say that Dottie, you're moving down. I assume to the next level, and the captain will say that you're already there. So let me have. Um, one of you roll a d100. Go for it, Cap. Oh, okay. It's a 69. Nice! Nice! Oh, there's that success. Yeah, it is. Hard to get a 69 in 1943. Captain... You are making your way to the the part of the ship where you know the batteries are, and there is this kind of ripple effect going down the hall. Like it, you can literally see this kind of rippling coming down the hall. I'm gonna back back up away from it and also throw something into it as I'm backing up. Okay, what do you throw into it? Yeah, if I have like a pen or something in the pocket of my shirt. Okay. Uh, I like to imagine you just see this thing and just yeet a pen <laughs> at it. <laughs> Dottie, the same thing. You, you turn the corner and you see this rippling effect coming down the hall and the captain attempting to dodge it. Are you also going to attempt to dodge it? Yeah. I don't know what the hell this thing is. Okay, I need you both to make dodge rolls, please. I always forget about that fun little score. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I fail by six, 36. Oh, I, pa- I fail. Pass with a 21 out of 30. Okay, so so Captain, you do manage to step out of the way. You throw the pen. Nothing seems to happen to the pen. It just kind of fall, you know, kind of falls to the ground. But the ripple effect does go through it. This shimmering ripple. Dottie, you're kind of taken aback by it, and it hits you. And when it hits you, you are filled with the the horror and the fear and the and the the confusion of every member of this ship almost like a psychic wave strikes you uh and i need you to make a sanity check please let's see i know i put too much pressure on you i failed (laughs) (laughs) okay you are going to roll a d4 and that is how much sanity you're going to lose four okay you can always project it if you like uh, I'll project it onto my mother. Okay, uh, roll another d4. I rolled a one. What does this look like, Dottie, as you are hit with the entire ship's emotions uh, in one instance? I think she just collapses back against the hull of the, or like, just like whatever part of the ship is behind her, and she's like pressed as close as she can to it and has one hand clapped over her ear and the other just like pushed into the side of the ship because like that has to offer some kind of solace and there's, it's, she's trying not to scream. Captain, you can now see Dottie, who has who has been hit by this strange wave. Uh, okay, he's down in front of her. Um, he's gonna like pick up her face, 
are you are you okay? Does it hurt? Are you? I can't. Everyone's everyone's hurting and everyone's scared and, and you're not part of the ship anymore. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. I'm also glad that you're not in a wall, but I need you to focus. You're the only one that could really. I mean, I don't know what these batteries look like. You know what batteries look like, right? I'm mildly aware. Yes. Okay, great. Then I'm gonna need you to focus up and get up and help me, please. Yes, sir. Just like furiously mopping her face, trying not to make it obvious how hard she's crying. There we go. That's the spirit. You get up and you you begin moving. You make it to the battery room. You swing the door open, and it's it's many many batteries that have been installed in here that really only afford about I believe it's like about two hours of power to the resonator. Dottie, with your high engineering and mathematics and, and electrician uh, skill, you can see where you would need to uh, sever the connection between the batteries and the machine. Cool. I will, uh, I'll pull out just like a, I, I assume I would have like a, like a pen knife or a pocket knife or something. Uh, I'll start pulling them out and I'll go and just start cutting as many as I can. This stupid parasite is in you and it's making everything terrible. I'm very sorry. We're going to fix it for everyone and then, and then you'll be fine. I don't mean to interrupt. Is there anything I can do to help? Uh, I'll start directing the captain as well to to whatever I think he... The, the most obvious ones that I can be like, that one over there, those lines over here, I'm going to cut this, like, this hard-to-find one, you know. Yeah, and you guys begin working on that. Let's go back to the seals. You moved out of the crew's water closet, and you move into another passage. Uh, if you'd like to continue going, go ahead and give me another uh, D-100 roll. I did 73. You are moving at a good pace. You're making good time, and you get into this this room. This is the the washroom. So again, more uh, sinks and and things like that. You're kind of moving through the uh, the private quarters of a lot of the officers here, and. When you enter the room, you have to kind of pause for a second because instinctually you you look, and what you see is that the the wall of the Eldridge uh, the you know, what should be protecting you between um, uh, here and the outside has been just torn open, exposed to the void. And as you look, you can see one or two men falling into oblivion. Another round of sanity checks, please. Yeah, that's some shit. God damn it. Uh, oh, succeed with a 17. I failed with an 82. <sighs> 18. I failed. Uh, those of you that succeed, you do not lose any sanity. Uh, those of you that fail, roll a d4, please. Okay. Oh. I lose three points. Okay. If you'd like to project it, you can. Yeah, I'm going to project all three onto my wife. I also got three, so I'm going to project onto my girlfriend. Oh, I got a one. Okay, so you can only project one onto your wife, so you're only going to lose two sanity. I need all the sanity I'm going to get, and I'm going to die in a couple minutes anyways. Sorry, Clara. <laughs> Compass in blue, you know, how does passing through this room affect you? I think that for Compass, he's already aware that this thing's going to kill him, and so every room he walks into could be the one that ends up being where they find him and staring out into that empty void and knowing that it can suck him in at any moment and, and ruin everything uh, it's getting uh, Blue actually kind of has like a little existential like mini crisis for a second where he's like is this where you go where you die? Oh my god, I'm looking into time. Is this space? Like, like things don't make sense but they make sense so it's kind of like too much. 
He's trying to think of like shit, and it's like, holy crap! Am I looking into God? What is this? Yeah, and it's just such a, a powerful image. I mean, you're you're almost kind of thrown off in terms of like which way is up when you kind of see that there's this void uh, uh, past the broken wall there. But you are able to kind of push on. You go into the next passage. Go ahead and roll me another d hundred. I haven't made a roll like this yet. Oh, oh wait, that's not too bad. Forty six. Okay. Let's go back to, let's go back downstairs to Dottie and the captain. Okay. All right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, as, <laughs> as we've been cutting the ropes or the, the, the wires and everything, I've, I've just been like, like between my like check-ins with the ship, I've just been monologuing everything that's going on up top. There are these really weird squiggly things in the air. They look like eels um, and everyone's losing their minds. They're, they're ripping their clothes off and there's things coming and it looks like they're being bitten. Um, also, there are aliens. There's a big flash at the end of the, at the stern and there are aliens now. There are four of them. They have silver suits on. They have, wait, you can't see their faces. They have weapons. Wait, 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 wait. The aliens, there's aliens and there's eels and, the, and they're not the same. They're not the same. We have two things coming for us, Captain. <laughs> okay, what are the aliens? What, what? I don't, I don't know. You heard War of the Worlds. They, they, I couldn't fight them. They had huge weapons. I mean, they didn't look like the ones in War of the Worlds sounded, but they could have been. Who knows? Are they, f- I mean, uh, okay. Basics. Are, are they flying? Are they on fire? Do they have They're guns? on foot. They're on foot. Okay. They're in silver suits. You can't see their faces. At this point, the two of you have completed the job of disconnecting f- manually the, the, the batteries. You look around, Nothing is different. Shit. Somehow this machine is still running. Go ahead and both of you make sanity checks, as this is impossible. Let's see. That's a fail. Uh, that's a success. Okay, uh, you will lose nothing if you succeed, lose one if you fail. Okay, cool. At this point, what is the next step, Captain? What's next? I'm going to... Oh, I don't know. Part of me wants to go to the to the the pilot the pilot house in the conning tower. Yeah, I I think that that would be the most sensible thing that a captain would know to do. It is where people are going to expect you to be, and it is where you can relay your orders the best. Okay, great. Then yes, I'm also grabbing Dottie if she lets me. Yes, sir. Why don't you guys go ahead and roll another d hundred? Forty four. Uh, let's go back to the seals. You enter the area where you would know the general workshop is. You know that this is, there is a room where the resonator was, uh, watched by one Dr. Brown, that it was degaussed. Uh, it should not be affected currently by the effects. But as you start walking down the hall, a very strange effect happens. At first, you just think that there's discoloration on the wall, and then you realize that this entire hallway has been completely rusted out. The kind of degradation that only happens to a ship that has been sitting around for 50, 60, 70 years with with no care. It's almost as if this part of the ship is further in time than the rest of the ship. Are you going to proceed? What are you going to do? How stable's the floor? Make an alertness check. Can we all make alertness search? Yeah, sure. Uh, I I fail my alertness. Oh, wow, an eight. Yeah, I passed with a nine. <laughs> oh, thank God I had. Thirty-one with a size of pass for me. Okay, 
Um, only only Blue um, is not really able to know this, this, but there are definitely places along the wall and then eventually see places along the floor that seem extremely brittle. If, if we back up, we can take the passage down to the lower level. Uh, we can move through the aft engine room and across the way yeah. and still make our way up. It's just two rooms over for the, for the passage back up to the upper floor. We don't want a chance. We're going to have to. Let's go. All right. Yeah, we'll go down. We'll go to passage 21 and then go down. Okay. Every once in a while, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see a crew member or something like that. And as you are going down the stairs, coming up the stairs are two individuals. Uh, one of them appears to be the captain and another one appears to be an engineer. It's Dottie and Captain Connolly. Uh, w- what is happening in this moment between the six of you? I have my wrench in one hand and my pocket knife in the other. And I'm just like... I instinctually raise my gun. Do I do any do I see a gun pointed in our direction? I was gonna say Connolly does have a weapon. He just has one pistol. Um, but he always keeps that thing on him. Yeah, I think that Compass has had his SIG out the entire time, but it's not pointed at anyone, it's just at the ready at his chest. Uh, and if he sees Connolly uh, you know, pointing his weapon in our direction, uh, uh, he's gonna call out Friendly, put your hands up, one, two, three got three seconds. One, two. What are you doing, uh, Dottie and Captain? If I hear a human sounding voice come out of it. Do we have those weird like voice modulators? I was going to say, it sounds a little modulated because (laughs) it's it's, it's this kind of electronic voice, but it it is speaking English. Yes. Sounds like a man. Put your fucking weapon down. Last chance. Gun down, one hand up. And then I keep moving. Yeah, let's go. If if they're not a direct threat, we should just keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, no, excuse me. Who the fuck are y'all? We just push past. I think we're just pushing on past. Can I grab? Can I grab an alien, please? Who are you grabbing? Um, I'm I, on the end. Okay, if you want to grab the last person, then you would have to make an opposed uh, check. I'm going to go ahead and get a fistful of beefer. <laughs> okay, so beefer. <laughs> this is going to be opposed athletics. I had a 22 out of 80. Oh, athletics. Shit. I got a 27 out of 30. Wow. Making these. The Ooh. higher number does win. So, Beefer, Damn. you are stopped in your tracks by this captain <laughs> who is holding on to you. Can I attempt to subdue them? Sure, if you want to make an unarmed strike or uh, an unarmed combat against them. That is a success with a 51 out of 60. Okay, Captain, you can attempt to dodge if you'd like. Yes. Unfortunately, though you succeed, uh, he still manages to kind of knock at you. Go ahead and roll a d4 minus one. Or if you want, you can just kind of, you know, disconnect uh, the captain from your arms if that's all you really want to do. I'm just trying to put them on the ground so I can keep moving. I I think that's fair enough. The captain, uh, like almost out of the blue with a a kind of move you haven't seen, uh, he is able to kind of knock you to the ground. Uh, You have not taken any damage, but you're now prone on the ground. And these four men just continue moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. If you're going to be on this ship, I need to know who you are. United States Navy. And just shout. I just shout that as because we're already gone. Can I shout one more thing? Sure, sure. Do you want the eels to go away too? No shit. Then you're going the wrong way. <laughs> so with that um, little exchange, Captain and Dottie, are you going your own way? Or are you following these folks? I, I'll follow the captain, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll help him up, the, up off the ground and I'll... Captain, where are we going? I, th- I think I, f- I feel like they're going the wrong way. 
So I'm going to keep going to the pilot's house. Yeah, because I, I, I can't send you to follow them. I can. You know what? Yeah, follow them. Yes, sir. Taking off after them. So Dottie's going after them. And where are you going, Captain? Pilot's house. But you don't know about the you don't know about the rest of that pass. Yeah, that's the thing is that when you come to the general workshop, the entire space has changed, and now this hallway is just covered in old rusted metal. And you worry about you you could attempt to cross, but you worry whether it would even be able to hold you. Shit. Okay, then no. If it if it doesn't seem like I could even get to the other side, then yeah, I'll turn around and follow them. Okay, in the meantime, uh, did I have you guys roll a D100 already or no? Not yet. Okay, go ahead and roll another D100 as you go down and you are now passing uh, the, the battery storage area. I had, a, I had a question. How long have the four of us been here? I imagine we've been keeping time. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's mere minutes. Okay, so we're not getting anywhere near the 20 yet. No. Uh, I have a 36. Um, everyone make a luck roll. Anyone that is, is traveling, make a luck roll. Me too. I have a five. Yes. So a success. <laughs> I fail with a 59. 25. Oh, pinky. 50. Seven. I have a 70. You are all moving. Dottie, you're, you're catching up to the seals. And Blue, where are you in the... Are you second, third? I, I believe I am third. So, Beefer, you are traveling. Blue is just ahead of you. And as you are moving, something suddenly happens and blue begins to sink into the deck of the ship. I move the grab I move the grab the explosives off of them. Oh. Okay. Go ahead and make a uh, I think a dexterity times 5 roll makes sense. That's a that's a 61 out of 65 which is a success. Oh, nice. Oh my boy. So oh, right boy. at the last second you grab them and you pull them oh, off of him. Blue, you phase through the floor and you come tumbling down to the bottom, uh, the, the floor just below. You find yourself suddenly whole again. You are no longer falling, but you are in a different part of the ship. Am I in the aft fire room? You're in the aft fire room below the battery. Yes. Do we have comms in our suits? I'll say yes. I'll, I'll just be like this. Uh... I, I'm no longer transparent, thank the Lord. I am on the, I hold on, uh, I'm in the aft fire room. I'm like one deck below you. Keep moving. I will, I will meet you forward. Copy. Actually, Sergio, let me, can I ask a question? Is there any way that I can split the explosives up into like two, two pieces that two different people can carry? The, there are two, there are two set. Yeah, there's two C4 explosives. So however you want to distribute it, you can. I hand, quickly, I hand one to, um, say, say, Pinks, just because I don't want us to lose both. Cool. I got one. Yeah. Now we are going to continue. We'll say that Captain Connolly, you're able to kind of catch up with them. So the, the five of you are traveling. Uh, you give me a D100 and Pink, uh, excuse me, Blue, please give me a D100. <laughs> 80. 98. Oof. The five of you are traveling into the next space, which is the forward engine room. The lights are off, the engine is dead. As you pass through, there is a small puncture in the wall and you can see water pouring into the room. But you take a moment thinking, where's this water coming from? And you actually realize the water is moving backwards out of the room. What? Go ahead and make another round of Sanity checks. Yeah. 
failed with a 90. <laughs> a pass with a 25. Pass with a three. I have, I currently have a 72 and I roll a 72. Do I pass or fail? Yeah, hitting the number is a success. Okay. Blue, you are traveling through and you see one of these liquivores, one of these uh, eel-like creatures kind of notice you and as it starts moving towards you, a member of the Eldridge steps out and kind of looks at you and, and, and is kind of stunned by you and looks the other way. And this thing just suddenly turns and starts attacking them. And they kind of stumble backwards screaming. Are you helping them or are you continuing? Hell fuck no, keep moving. And I will, I'll be like, that sucks, bro. And I will literally, but I'd be like, that sucks, bro, but better you than me. <laughs> As you rush past, you hear him screaming for your help. Uh, please make a sanity check. Uh, so what happened is if you failed the, the previous sanity check, as I did. I'll say you just lose one. You lose one? Okay, cool. I got a 73 and I have a 71. I fail. You're going to fail. You are going to uh, roll a d4. A two. You can project it if you like. Hell yeah! Two. Uh, a another round of d100s, please. As we are now in the center of the ship and we're moving closer to the bow of the ship. I got 65. I got a 42. Blue, you move through, you rush through this space, and in this space, there is a fire, a really bad fire. You suspect that you can either head backwards or you could try to rush through here. Well, considering this suit, I'm assuming we can at least have a buffer. And knowing that we have a clock, really can't go back, I am going to go ahead and haul ass. You haul ass through this room. Give me an athletics check to see how you do. Oh my God, Amanda. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. Babe, you're made of oxygen. You got this. I believe in you. Well, force fucking ran, I passed. Yes, 53 out of 60. Hey, yes. there we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> 53 out of 60, you are able to kind of dodge out of the way of kind of the bigger flames and you get through this space moving as fast as you can. The other team, you enter the forward fire room. These fire rooms are where the boilers are. You enter the room and what you see is one crew member on the ground, kind of crumpled, seemingly unconscious, and another standing over him, shaking, you assume, from fear. He immediately notices you and his eyes are wide. You can immediately assume thinks the worst of you and he's gonna raise his gun to fire at you. Open fire. Yeah. Papa Captain is dude. <laughs> he does not have as high of initiative as everyone else. Compass, uh, you would be first. Yeah, I'm gonna pop him, you know, twice with my zig. Uh, and I pass with an 11. Uh, he takes eight points of damage. Okay, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> he, uh, he just gets shot, you know, three times in the chest, one in the head, and, and drops to the ground. Uh, you were faster than him, so you were able to get the jump on him. One down, check for noise. They may come, uh, they may come for it. I'll, um, so I assume, Sergio, that we're moving in like a, like a wedge or like a diamond shape. Can I be the guy that's kind of like leaning against someone else to guide myself while I look backwards? I'll help you out with that beef. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let me get, uh, another set of D100 rolls between Blue and the other group. Uh, 33. I got 41. I rolled 42 last time, so 41 this time. That's weird. So, Blue, you run out of this room that is on fire, and you run into the service fuel oil room. You are surrounded by barrels and by containers full of gasoline and oil. 
Oh, shit. You know that you need to get out of this room as quickly as possible. Blue, you know that in the next room, there is a passage to go up. However, just to the side, there is a new creature. This is the time, something that is disc-shaped. It's it's very strange. It's like multiple discs kind of connected to each other, and it's just sort of digging into a dead crewman. Oh. It has not noticed you. But if you want to try to get past it, you're going to need to make a stealth check. Unless you want to fire at it. Hell no. All right, I'm going stealth. Everyone count all the times we've made stealth rolls on your fingers, please. (laughs) My stealth is a 70. I have a 71. Oh, no! Snap on a twig! (laughs) Chris is is moving through and you just get to the threshold of the door but your big heavy boot kind of bing hits the the metal and this disc thing kind of looks in your direction and starts moving towards you. Now, what is your dexterity? Uh, dexterity is uh, it's just average. It's only 50. So, you are able to move first. You see this thing kind of skittering towards you. What are you doing? Okay. This is what I'm going to do. So since there are barrels of oil and gasoline nearby, I'm going to pull one down, roll it, because these things are all about vibrations and sounds and shit. So I'm going to go ahead and create and push it into another so it can create like a domino effect of noise. So hopefully it gives me enough time of distraction to get through the door because I am at the door. I like it, Blue. I think it's clever. We're going to see you upstairs in a second. I'm sure of it. You'll hear me one way or another. You're going to hear me. We'll definitely hear you. Feel you. We will know. I think, honestly, a persuade with a plus 20%, I think is kind of the most sensible thing. So a total of 40. 32. Yes! Let's go! Why are you hating everything? This is too much! This thing is coming at you and it's spinning. It's almost like a like a living saw blade kind of coming at you. Yeah. And you dump this tank of gasoline to the to the ground. And it immediately kind of diverts and it is distracted by it. It kind of dives down. But when it hits the metal, <gasps> there is a spark. Oh. And I'm gonna roll now to determine what happens. Oh. Oh. I rolled an 80. The sparks are enough. The floor lights up. And I will give you a dodge roll to get up the stairs to see if you're about to get hit by this fire. Okay. Okay. Come on, dude. With that oxygen tank on your back. (laughs) I got a 22. So the pool of the, of the room just like fills with fire and it shoots out like a like a flamethrower. But you leapt towards the stairs and kind of land, collapse on the stairs. You're still alive and you start climbing up the stairs. Ooh, incredible oh. backdraft. Oh, God. Dude. <laughs> Not today. The rest of you hear this kind of explosion and a moment later coming out from the crew's messing and birthing room is uh, Blue. Holy shit. Point a gun at Blue. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's me. It's me. It's me. Welcome back. 
So you know that you need to move once more to the uh, crew's messing and berthing to be able to access the stairs to move forward. So as a group, please roll a d hundred. One of you roll. Blue, you're on a, you're on a fire. Well, yeah. Why don't you get it? Go ahead, Blue. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I got a thirty-seven. As you pass through here, the smoke from the fire has just started filling the space, and it is very hard to see in here. I need everyone to please make um, will times five rolls. Willpower times five. Okay. That's a success with a three. Uh, succeed, 65 out of 60. That's a fail with a 71. This is a fail with an 83. Success with a five. Uh, those of you who succeed, you are going to lose one willpower as, you know, it's difficult, it's time-consuming, uh, the clock is ticking. You now have about 10 minutes before you die of radiation poisoning. Some of you are starting to feel pretty sick. Uh, if you've ever been seasick or just been nauseous from the flu, it's just, you're sweating profusely in your suits. This is very difficult. Those of you who fail, please roll a d6. Oh, no. That's pretty high. Oh, fuck me. I rolled a six. Dottie, no. This was especially difficult for you, Dottie, because you did not have a mask um, and you were kind of coughing when you come out of it. So you reach uh, the crew's messing and berthing. This is like the living room of the ship. It's kind of a larger space where there are couches and seats. The problem is, is that there's a little bit of a standoff. There are three crew members kind of hidden behind tables that have been upturned. And there are three liquivores, three of these eels and one of these tumbleweed-like creatures that are on the other side of the room. Uh, in order to get up the stairs, you're gonna have to either get through them or continue traveling in some way. But the, the, the three men kind of hiding behind the tables see you and they're just kind of, they're unsure what to do. They point their weapons at you. Give me a wrench, I have an idea. Okay. Don't hurt my ship. I won't hurt the ship. And I'm going to take that wrench and I am going to throw it at one of the guys and hopefully I can hit them and put enough noise so those things can go after those guys. Good plan. Good plan. Good plan. I'm proud of you. Go ahead and make a... Um, this is going to be a melee weapons roll. We don't get to do melee weapons very often. Search just for future ref. I'm going to put the sig away, Put the uh, take the rifle out. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm trying to think like stealthy, guys. I'm trying to like last of us, put like all the things not on us. Yes, yes. Throw bricks, throw those bottles. Yeah, no, I only have a 50 and I had a 60. Ah, uh, you, you throw the wrench and it falls near him. And he's like, what the hell? And two of the eels do kind of get attracted to it and they start attacking him. But the problem is, is that the other two crewmen see you do this and they just start opening fire on you, thinking that you are also the enemy. Oh, fuck. That's my bad. Compass, you see that they are about to draw their weapons on you guys and there are also these four liquivores. What are you doing? Um, I want to make a burst shot on the nearest crew member that's pointing a weapon at us. I'm also going to call to the rest. I need distraction while we lay down shots. And, you know, I'm going to fire. Go ahead and, and make an attack against the crew member. Uh, I have an 18, which is under my success rate. So 
and then roll another d100 to see if you roll a, a 10 or lower. That is an 83, so it is not lethal. Actually, it is. The way lethality works is that if you don't get under 10, you take what you just rolled. So you just did 88 points of damage to <laughs> one of the what? guys. Yes, that's how this lethality works. Dangerous. Yeah. What the shit? <laughs> So, so he, I just like are dangerous, yeah, he just gets mowed to pieces. Holy shit! And I assume you're gonna move in further into the ship. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna try and move as far away from the noise that I just made as possible. All right, I believe Beefer, you are up next. Following Compass's lead, I am not going to stop moving. I'm not gonna let myself sit in one point, and I'm gonna open fire on the next uh, sailor in the procession. Okay, roll a d hundred. That's an eleven. Okay, roll another D100 to determine the lethality. 80. Okay, you, you, oh, you completely shit. mowed down the <laughs> other guy uh, shortly after. And I'm just, I'm moving uh, in, the, in the same pattern, trying to uh, make sure I, and not, not making any noise, uh, distancing myself from the noise that I just created. Captain, you are next. Captain Connolly, what would you like to do? How? You've just watched these guys mow down two of your members. Yeah. Is, and there's, is there anyone that's still alive in the room other than us? No, the only one that is still alive is the other crew member who's currently being eaten by two liquivores. You could take him out of his misery if you wanted to. I mean, yes, but I feel like I need to do something else. Uh, there, there are, there is a kind of tumbleweed-looking liquivore, and there is a, a another liquivore <laughs> that is just kind of starting to notice you guys moving. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take aim at the the one that just started to notice us. Um, it, is there any way that do you think that the captain could identify the explosives on the aliens? You know, I mean, all you see are two white bricks. You do not have any idea what they are. I mean, they look like clay. You have no idea what they are. And and historically, C4 did not exist at this point, so you have no idea what it is. Okay, cool. Then I'll just take a shot. So you're shooting at, at us? No, I'm shooting at the one of the... Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if we were the aliens. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and roll your firearms. Okay. Don't worry about that, because that's an 85 out of 40. Okay, you, you shoot wide. The creature is able to kind of squirm around the shots. Pinks, you are next. What are you doing? Um, do we have clear access to the passage at this point? You can you can get there, but there's also uh, two of these creatures that are kind of close by. Um, is there anything I can grab that I could attempt to try to distract them that would pull them away from that area so that we can have a clear access to the passage point and just get out of here? There's lots of things. There's books. There's um, you know random trinkets that people keep and you know in in this area. So if you wanted to. Just grab like a heavy object and toss it. You could uh, attempt to make a persuade check. Nah, nah, that's a fail with an eighty-four. You you chuck something kind of uh, to the opposite side, and it creates this um, colorful uh, uh, trail behind it. But that trail leads directly to you. Oh no! <laughs> um, are you? I, I assume you're you're moving though, as far as you can. Yeah, I'm gonna try to move away now. <laughs> okay. You, you you can basically get to the uh, the staircase that leads up. Okay, that's where I'm headed. Dottie, go ahead. Um, yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, so I saw the trail that Pink's left when he moved things around, right? Yes. Would I notice if it's speed that matters in the in the ripples that we make, or would I would that not have been something I could notice? Make a intelligence check. Okay. Mm, this. 
30 straight on. You have spent enough time in this strange environment to tell that there are people, that, that people who move too much attract these creatures. So yes, you, you kind of start to understand that movement seems to be what's attracting these things. Okay, I'm gonna really like low, low tones to everyone that's close. I'm gonna say move slowly and they might not see you. Go ahead and make a stealth check across oh, the room. Okay, stealth. Do the creatures seem at all? We, we we know that they're attracted to motion or vibrations. Do they seem at all affected by the um, the bullets moving throughout the environment? Oh. Y- yes, but there are. You, you suspect that out of kind of um, their their natural evolution, they seem to understand the difference between little things zipping by and bigger, slower things. Gotcha. Sir, I rolled a six. I rolled a six. I only have a ten in stealth, but I rolled a six. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Yeah. You just kind of slowly creep through the room. As all this chaos is happening, people are getting shot. Your own crew members are getting shot by these aliens. You're just kind of slowly moving through the space. I've got like one hand still. Just anytime I can be touching the ship, I'm touching the ship. I'm just like trailing one hand really gently across the ship. So on brand. Uh, Amanda, it's your turn. There are two things working on eating uh, a crew member, and there are two things kind of blocking the way. Wait a minute. Is there any liquor bottle nearby? Yeah. You you, you see a nice uh, bottle of brandy that someone was saving for after the mission. Uh, that was... Here's the deal. I do have that big, powerful weapon. Do I have the eel thing closest or the disky thing closest to me? They're both about the equal distance from you. All right, then I'm going to go for the disky, disc boy. Uh, so what, what there is is an eel and a tumbleweed. I'm going to hit the tumbleweed. I'm sorry. And I have a better chef. 29. 29 is a success. Uh, roll a d100 to see if you roll under 10. I know, 84. The tumbleweed already looks like a very fragile, sponge-like creature, and you just rip into it, and its pieces fall apart as if it was brittle and, and weak, and it just kind of you know crumples to the ground, and this kind of green ooze is just coming out of it. Okay. I'm going to still take that bottle and go. There is one creature left that noticed Pink's, and it is going to go after you. No. Pinks, no. Not here. It's going to make an attack against you, Pinks. Ooh, it succeeds with a 44. This thing latches on right under your armpit, and it just kind of digs past the foil, and you're going to take nine points of damage. And you can feel the pressure as it is sucking the blood out of you. The other, the other two are distracted by who they are eating. So we're back at the top of the round with Compass. What are you doing? You see Pink's getting attacked by one of these. Is it on top of Pink so that shooting in that direction could harm Pink? It would as be well? quite risky. Yes. Okay. Un- unless you want to drop the weapon and, and pull out your smaller weapon, but even then, that that would be a a risk. <laughs> it's eating me. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to call back to to the rest uh, and say uh, upstairs is the wardroom. After that, we have to get through top passage. We're in the pilot house. And then immediately I'm going to sling the rifle on my back. Um, would a SIG be less dangerous or should I go directly to the knife with my military intelligence? The, the only way you can guarantee, well, the only way you can 
make sure that Pink's is not directly harmed is to use a knife. Okay, I'm gonna take my tack knife out then, and then I'm gonna go help Pink because. All right, make that uh, Pink. Make that strike. It is a melee weapon strike. Melee weapon. Let's see how you're doing there, Jonah. Jonah, melee weapons fifty. That's not terrible. Oh, and a six will do it, folks. Give it to me. Thank you. The the <laughs> the combat knife is a d6. Okay. Oh, five points. Yes. Die, bitch. Get off, pinks. Compass, you rush over and you stab into this thing, and it wriggles and screams, but it's still attached to her. <laughs> Hanging on to life, but it's still alive. Next up, I think Captain Connolly. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, I'm going to try to... Um, I'm going to try to shoot it off of Pink's because we're not super friends. <laughs> okay, go ahead and make that firearms roll. But Captain. <laughs> I'm not your captain, remember? Six. Six. A six is going to succeed. Go ahead and uh, do the damage. Uh, okay, yeah, it's just a 1d10. Three. Okay, that is enough to finish it. Um, compass your... your, your blade is actually kind of shot out of the creature as it explodes uh, and is dead. Did you shoot at me? <laughs> yes, I did, son. Yes, I did. Whatever. You shot plenty of people you don't know. Up the stairs. Up the, it, We don't have time. Pinks, as you start kind of rushing up the stairs following them, you're holding your wound. Your skin is now exposed to the outside and... Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's when you kind of have to pause and you start coughing involuntarily. And when you look into your mask, you can see there's blood coming out of your mouth. You are slowly dying, not just from this wound, but also from radiation poisoning. All of the seals, the four of you, are beginning to feel the effects. Let me have everyone make a round of constitutions. Uh, constitution times five rolls. Before uh, we do that, Serge, um, can I go ahead? Because uh, uh, Pink's had some C4, correct? Pink's has one of the blocks of C4. I'm going to take the blocks of C4. Okay. From them. I succeed with a two. I fail with a 64. Nine. Ah. I got an 80. Okay. If you succeed, you are okay. If you fail, please roll a D4, and you're going to subtract that from your health. Ooh, one. Okay. It took two points. Okay, you are all feeling the effects. Your the, the guns are feeling heavier. It's a little harder to breathe. Some of you are starting to bleed out of your noses or out of your eyes. We can't see their faces, can we? No, you can't see their faces. But you can see that, that one of them has a, a very nasty wound from one of these creatures attacking them. And is bleeding red, right? And is bleeding <laughs> red, yes. Definitely Good. looks Important human thing. blood. When, when I took the damage from the eels the day before, you know, 70 years in the future, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. did I heal from that, or am yes, I... Yes, you did. You should be at full health if you... Okay. Thank God. Day before, yeah. 70 years in the future is yeah. my favorite <laughs> phrase. <laughs> you begin climbing up, and you are able to finally get to the conning tower. You swing it open and you come inside and inside are three or four of Captain Connolly's pilots and his second and they are all terrified. They're kind of hiding under their consoles. 
What are we doing? We're blowing this bitch up. <laughs> yeah, we're locating. We are not blowing my ship up. What you understand is that above this pilot house is the conning tower, so you have to go up one more level. Great, let's go. Would anyone look out the window? I'm trying to think about something well, here. I was going to cover the climb. I'll look out the window. <laughs> Pink's just kind of resting yourself against the glass. You look out the window and you can see running up the starboard side are four individuals in silver suits. It's you. Make a sanity God check. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> what? 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 No, I don't God, need this in my life. Time warp is real. A succeed with a nine. Okay, you're going to lose one sanity as you see yourselves disappear into the bowels of the ship. Captain Connolly, these four people in suits are are attempting to get to the above level, the conning tower, uh, but you know that that door is locked. I'm assuming we have a way of getting through a door. I have no problem getting that open for you. I could let you know which one of these boys has the keys, um, but I need to know what you're doing on this ship very quickly. Uh, we're keeping it from tearing the uh, country apart. It's opening time-space portal. That's In about uh, 15 minutes, we're all going to be dead. That answers my question about the extraction plan. Uh, shit. Okay. If you open this door, we can climb up. We can plant the C4 charge and explosive. That explosive device destroys the machine, sends us back to 1943, and they find our corpses instead of... He's going to take out the keys that he had and open the door. Con- Connolly runs right up, pulls out some brass keys, and is able to unlock the door. What is what is that thing you're holding? What what is that? An explosive device. With all of us in here, is that smart? There's no leaving. We go up, we destroy the resonator, we stop the electromagnetic pulse, we die. I I can stick around down there if you guys want to go up, since I'm hurt and dying. Keep them from going up there. You sure about that, Pink? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Is he the only person stopping us from going up there? Well, there's also the three of us. I only think told her to go on the ship that I help keep alive. I, I think Connolly's going to put up a fight to try to get in that room and get Dottie in that room with him. Let, let's let's do this in initiative. So, at the top of the initiative, Connolly, or yeah, Captain Connolly, you have the highest initiative. Pinks is standing in the way. What are you doing? Are you trying to push past him? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to make opposed athletics rolls to see who wins. This is a success with a 43 out of 60. Damn, that's a athletics? Yeah, success with a 21 out of 30. Okay, the uh, seal has the higher success, so they are able to kind of fight you back and keep uh, a hand on you. You are not able to go up the stairs. The next in the initiative is Jonah. You rush up, and what you see is this kind of metal frame that has a familiar cylindrical top with these kind of tuning forks sticking out of it. This is definitely the resonator's main uh, piece, and you know that this is where it has to be blown up. Uh, I'm going to stand up there at the top of the ladder, help the others first up, and then I'm going to prime my rifle and make sure that no one comes up but us. Nothing interferes with what we're doing. Paying, paying special close attention for any glowing orange phasing men. I, I will also point out that there are almost like moths attracted to the flame. There are many liquivores uh, uh, of various kinds kind of floating around the ether around the resonator. Interesting. 
then I'm also going to stand as perfectly still as I can, put my my mouth to the, the comms, and whisper to the others, whatever you do when you come up, keep you safe. They're up here with us. Got it. Go ahead and make a stealth check for me, please. Okay, uh, 48, and I have a uh, 50 in stealth, so I barely passed. 50 in stealth. Okay, you, you are holding still. Nothing seems to have noticed you yet. Coming up next, I believe, is Beefer. You have one of the charges, I believe? Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll come up the ladder. Do I need to make a stealth check or... What is your intention now that you're up here? Uh, I have one of the charges, in which case uh, I'll be placing that. First, give me a stealth roll to be hidden. 38, success. You are able to use all of your movement to get to the position, and you begin doing that. But on the next round, we will make a roll for it, okay? That's all you are able to do this turn. Got it. Uh, next up is Nolan. Uh, Pinks, what are you doing? Um, I think I'll just hold an action to keep both Dottie and uh, the captain um, from going up. Um, yeah, let's keep holding. Let's go with Blue. Yeah, I'm going to get up with the charges as well. And just because I have the other one, I'm going to go ahead and set it so we can make sure it definitely gets destroyed. Dottie, you are next. Um, I'm gonna try to... I'm gonna try and radio out one more time. Make a make a, a roll for it. Let's see if you can do a uh, electrician's roll. Uh, 53, I failed. Uh, you just get static. Uh, I'm gonna put it out into the ether anyway. Uh, SS Andrew, SS Salinas, we are, uh, boarded by people from another time and aliens and monsters. Please respond. We are under attack. So you put out that mayday, uh, to reach out. I didn't want to say mayday, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Keep it on brand. At the uh, top or at the bottom of the initiative, these creatures have not noticed you yet, but coming through the wall is a familiar glowing orange man. And he's just kind of stoically stepping through the wall and he sees what's happening here. And he just kind of puts his hand towards Beefer. He raises his hand and suddenly like a microwave, Beefer, you are a hundred times hotter than you would normally feel. Suddenly your suit, you're sweating. Let me do a roll here. Fuck. That actually succeeds. And you're going to take three damage as you can feel your skin starting to boil. Shit. Uh, so I assume I just start, I start screaming. I imagine I know how to control myself, but, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> Back at the uh, top of the initiative with Captain Connolly, you hear screaming coming from upstairs. If I'm okay, I think I think Connolly's understanding how tragic the situation is. Seeing Dottie try to like radio out one last time, um, and you said that there's a bunch of little like things in the air around them, right? That they're just trying to be still to keep them. Yes. Uh, then I'm just going to look at Dottie, swink. And then I'm going to take out my whistle and I'm going to blow it as hard as I can and move towards the door. Go ahead and make a persuade roll. 
That's a 29 out of 20. You you blow the whistle. Uh, those of you above do notice that the, the glowing man kind of recognizes, he kind of looks in the direction of the staircase, but then kind of refocuses on you guys. It is uh, Compass's turn. You see this man, he raises his hand and the, the air around Beefer begins to heat up. What are you doing? Uh, I mean, I can't let Beefer go. He has one of the detonators. I don't know if he's pulled the charge yet. I have to get this man off of him. Uh, I'm going to fire full auto on uh, the orange man. Okay, go ahead and make that attack. Uh, 19 success. Go ahead and do your uh, lethality. lethality. Uh, just a five. You spray this man with bullets, and what you notice is practically all of them are not bouncing off of him, but kind of ricocheting around him. And he does seem to take some kind of damage, but it's not nearly as much as you would hope. But you do have his attention now. Uh, I'm going to call to the others. We have to plant the charges, get the detonator, get downstairs and blow it on him. I just nod. Next would be, I believe, Pinks. You can hear your mates upstairs firing a machine gun. Yeah, I kind of want to get up there, but... uh... You can close the hatch behind you. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I will uh, close the hatch and head up there and try to see if I can position myself somewhere to to be helpful or po- even if I can or maybe I, if I can pop off on the orange dude I'd like to do that yeah while uh, the captain and Dottie are distracted you rush up the stairs close the the latch and you can see this man you can see the creatures floating in the air you I'll allow you to attack something if you wanted to uh, yeah I'm gonna attack the orange dude nope that is uh, an 85 out of 80. Does not hit. So you fire at him and just kind of hit the wall. No, unfortunately, no dice. After you, I believe it would be uh, Beefer. Uh, you can go. I would like to push through the pain and finish laying the charge. Okay, please give me a demolitions roll to set the charge. Ugh, not my highest. But I succeed with a 37 out of 40. Yes! Yes! Boy, you you it takes the entire turn to place it, set it in, get the explosive right. How are you going to detonate this? And I'll set the blasting cap and and uh, get ready to move. Is it still hot, by the way? Sorry. No, it, it kind of dissipates after a few minutes. Like he just managed for a few seconds to superheat the air. Uh, but Blue, it's your turn. What are you doing? So, uh, uh, the job is done. Okay, because he's setting it up, because that's what I was going to do as well. And Beeper, Beeper, Beeper is there. He has to go back out of the room. So I'm going to go ahead and want to shoot the orange man so at least Beeper can leave with the charge. Okay, go ahead and fire at the orange man. I got a 93. So he definitely. So a 93 is a failure, right? Oh, yeah. I'm an 80. Because you fire at him and you you kind of spray across, most of the bullets miss, but when you spray across him, again, most of them just kind of phase past him and seem to have no effect. But we're back to the top and he is going to go. I think he is going to approach and engage uh, Compass in hand-to-hand combat. He just kind of runs up and starts trying to strike at you. He does succeed with a one. He, yeah, he, he clocks you across the face and, and the helmet that you have shatters. You get three damage. 
and you kind of stumble across, and he's now just kind of trying to, to come at you as you fired at him. We're back to the top with Jonah. What do you want to do? This man is engaging you. I mean, I'm absolutely upset that he would do that. Um, <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew I was going to die here. I didn't know it was going to be that way. Bastard. Uh, I'm going to unload with, like, every bullet I have just to keep him on me. And I'm going to try and move backwards as I'm doing it to provide an easier escape for the ones getting down the, the ladder. You're trying to kind of pull him away. Okay. Go ahead and make your attack against him. I pass with a 56. You fired him. Go ahead and roll your lethality. Get the bitch. <laughs> a 96. Okay, oh. that is, that is uh, not a lethality success. Uh, you are just pumping bullets into him, but it's as if these bullets are just immediately vaporizing the moment they get near him, and they seem to be barely doing any damage. Oh, Beefer, what do you want to do? How far away am I from the ladder I think down? that you can use all of your movement to get down to the, the bottom. Can I, like, slide down? Yeah. Actually, I'll say that It'll cost your movement and an action to unlock the door that uh, Pink's locked. I'll take it. I'll get it open. So you're able to get to the bottom of the staircase, but you have not yet... You, you don't have enough action to pull the trigger. Gotcha. In this round, next is uh, Nolan. Um, uh, I would just probably... Pink's will just probably try to keep... Uh, with uh, compass and keep the orange men distracted and try to uh, hold off. I'd like to be the last person out of the room if possible. Okay, are you going to fire or are you going to attack him physically? Um, you know what, fuck it, let's attack him physically. Let me just like get up in there. That is a success with a 35. How are you like butting him with the with the end of your gun or are you using a knife? What are you using? Um, I'm unarmed combating him, so I think I'm going to try to like either like tackle him or like try to like punch him or like just like get in between him and compass. I, I believe a punch is a D4 minus one. Uh, that will be a one. <laughs> you run up and you clock this glowing man. And what's strange is you have seen bullets just fizzle in front of him. But your punch, and you are a unit of a man, makes contact, and he is corporeal. It seems like this physicality is working better than shooting at him. Blue, what are you doing? Uh, I'm actually going uh, uh, going with Beefer. That's actually most important. It's just to go ahead and get... Well, they're... Because they're doing... I can tell what they're doing. I'm going so we can... And, and I'll say that at this point, you can see some of the liquivores being attracted. So if you wanted to, you could try to shoot at one of them. Attracted towards me or towards they, them? They are being attracted towards what is happening below. So yes, towards them, not okay. you. Okay. Oh, if it's towards them, I don't want to be cruel, but it because ha- I would. I, it's a guarantee to at least because they're. I hate to say it, they're they're done. They're dead. Yeah. This so this is how I, they die. So, yeah, no, I'm going to cause too much noise and ruckus. I hate to say it, and I'm so sorry, you two. I'm going with Beefer, and I'm going to hold. If anything, it charges at me, gotcha. then sure. But, like, I'm holding that action, but I'm going towards Beefer. You're all no, good. Okay, good. They, no, they said we're the only two they find, so this makes perfect sense. <laughs> this is so weird. Oh, okay. Back oh, at the top of the initiative, the glowing man is angry at the fact that you punched him uh, uh, Pinks, he is going to kind of put his fist into the air and the two of you are suddenly affected by this superheating. Oh. Uh, but, but 
I'll say that he rolls a 93, so he's going to fail that attempt of this attack. So I'll say that he attempts to do it, but you kind of push him backwards and kind of take him off his game, and the two of you are able to pull back and not be affected by the glowing hot air. Fuck yeah. Lo- uh, uh, Compass, it's your turn. Yeah, I mean, now that he's coming after Pink's directly, I have his back, and I've seen that that works with that huge uppercut that Pink's throws. So I'm going to go and, and try and do the same thing um, with, with my fists as well. I'm just going to go straight to CQC and, and try and take him down from behind. Okay, make that attack. It's Cap Winter Soldier. Yeah. I know. Yes. yes. Let's go. Oh. Yes. I want a some tw- leg day kicks, y'all. A 28 out of 60, a success. It's a success. Uh, with the weapon, you'll roll a d6. Okay. Uh, six, straight up. Wow. So, Pinks, you see compass take the opportunity to run up behind him with a blade and you and you see him stab this glowing man and the glowing man for the first time has this stoic look and goes into a kind of panic his eyes widen his mouth opens and you can see it's nothing but kind of bright yellow inside his mouth and there's this kind of static that comes out of his uh, uh, mouth instead of voice it's just this strange unnerving sound but it seems like compass really just got him However, it is Beaver's turn. You're at the bottom of the stairs. What are you doing? Uh, remember us fondly. I pulled the cord. You pull the cord, and there is a massive explosion from above. Compass and Pink's. Uh, Beaver, roll a D100 because it does have a lethality. <laughs> 22. Okay. There is an explosion that actually blows the door closed. (laughs) And Compass and Pinks, you are able to see this better than everyone else. But when that explosion occurs, there is this ripple, this, this wave of pink energy that surges out of the resonator through the entire ship. And I need everyone, all six of you, to make luck rolls, please. (laughs) I'm going to immediately grab onto Pink's. I'm going to take Pink's by the hand to, like, fucking stay together through this shit. 48 out of 48. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Beefer gets a 33. Okay. I got a 16. It's a 65. (laughs) Oh, Pinky! The explosion blows Compass and Pinks out of the conning tower. You both land on the deck of the ship, and in your last moments, you can see the purple, the pink haze slowly starting to dissipate, and a blue sky returning to the ship. Oh, I, I think immediately I'm gonna pull the mask free from the suit, like, like unzip myself as much as I can so I can be me uh, as the sky turns blue, if not I don't think I'm going to say anything. I'm going to look at Pink's. I'm going to slap him on the chest. <laughs> Last few dying moments. Um, and I'm going to stare up at that blue sky and thank God that that's the last color sky I see. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pull my mask off too when he does it. I'm just going to enjoy the sky. As he slaps me, I'm just going to look at him for a second and said, we did good. <laughs> Nod yeah. my head just breathlessly. <laughs> the shockwave knocks... Dottie and Captain Connolly unconscious. Blue and Beefer 
you also are kind of blown back, unconscious. The radiation has gotten to you all. Except, while everyone is unconscious, Blue, you suddenly <gasps> gasp back to life. You are not dead. You look around. The ship seems to have returned. You see blue skies, blue water. Somehow, you are not dead from radiation poisoning or from creatures. What are you doing? I'm actually going to go ahead and go where I see Compass and Pink. Pinks, I, I, I'm going to go to, yeah, onto the deck. I'm going to see them, and I'm going to also make sure their dog tags are out and just kind of, like, give them, like, a mini salute. And then, because I'm finally f- even, uh, that shit's gone, I'm going to take the damn suit off so I can at least breathe some air. And it feels good. You can feel the cold wind on you. And you see the two chase ships now and the familiar landscapes of 1943's Pokemoki Sound. I am going to take a couple deep breaths. Thank God. And then I'm going to lean over the ship and jump into the ocean. With a splash, you you jump in and no one really notices. There are crew members, the surviving crew members, who are waving to the chase ships, who are helping others on the ship. Nobody notices you disappear into the Pokemoki Sound. And that's where we're going to bring this scenario to a close. What the fuck? (laughs) People survived that? What the fuck? It's April 24th, 10 a.m. In 24 hours, Hyde and Boomer, you have spent your time combing through this digital case file. I will say about halfway through, around 5 or 6 p.m. of the previous day, Samael came in and checked on you and then went about his day, and he hasn't been seen since. So the new day comes, and you have spent the entire evening there, the entire day, and the same staff that you kind of noticed from the previous day is milling in. But you're not really distracted by that because you are trying to digest what you're reading here and you've come to understand its contents and you've also gained a little bit of insight into what is probably the broader picture. This case file is about Project Tell, but it begins with Project Rainbow. This is the joint project of the National Defense Research Council and the Department of the Navy, which was created to develop many different things, many different types of technologies. Uh, Under Rainbow, there was a sub-project called Mirage, which eventually gave birth to the Mirage 3. After the disaster aboard the Eldridge, the case file details something called Project Puzzle, which was an effort by the ONI, the Office of Naval Intelligence, to cover up and study the Mirage 3 incident. Then the clearance levels change. You see this in the documentation. It seems the research was inherited by this Majestic 12 clearance level. 
which then in turn created something called Project Tell, which was to study and improve the resonator. Inspired by Project Tell was something called Project Garnet, which was responsible for solving the loop paradox, which involved the seals Jonah Langley and Nolan Aselu, who were found aboard the Eldridge. And finally, the subproject Wells, which sent the seals back in time to 2012. So from the ONI to Majestic 12 to March, nearly eight decades of conspiracy and cover-up that lead to one obvious fact. The program was, and perhaps is, not alone. Agents, you began this research without the aid of your teammates. I need you both to make sanity checks. Uh, 28. 60... 68. Boomer, roll a d4. Two. And, uh, Hyde, you're gonna roll a d6. Ah, five. Uh, Lovely. Are you you just taking that sanity, or are you projecting? I cannot afford to project today. I will take the sanity. I will eat it. Because you have hit five sanity, you are going to go temporarily insane. Ah, lovely. Uh, I, I think the most sensible is probably flee in the sense that, like, you have to get out of this space. Uh, do you agree, or do you feel like a better... No, flee is is perfect. So, Boomer, you are finishing this case file, kind of digesting it, and Hyde, what does it look like when you suddenly bolt out of the room? Um... I just, um, Boomer would probably see that I'm, one of my hands is kind of starting to kind of just tremble, but it's starting to get a little little bit progressively, uh, worse. And Hyde is going to put a hand immediately over it, stand up and walk out of the room. And I'm going to walk to the nearest street. I will have tried to attempt to go after, like, like try to touch their shoulder, be like, hey, like that. Shug. But I'm a shug. I shrug and shrug. And then Boomer, are you following or are you just staying in the room? I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna stay in the room. Hyde, you come out, it's a a brisk morning in New York. It's it's actually quite quite quiet in the streets. Uh, but nonetheless it's it is New York, so there is some hustling and bustling. Um what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm I'm just walking. I'm just walking down the street. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> and I don't care. I'm just clamping tighter onto my hand as much as possible to try to keep the shaking from uh, getting noticeable or worse. And I'm just kind of just going to keep going. Boomer, 10 minutes go by? 15 minutes go by? Uh, I'm not, I, by this point, I won't know where they're at. So um, I'm going to... At this, I'm going to go ahead and make notes, copies on uh, my disk drive. And I'm going to go ahead and while I'm doing it on the other side, I'm going to go ahead and pull out a second disk drive that I've had. And I'm going to make another copy as well. You pull a second uh, USB drive, little black USB drive that only the three researchers are supposed to have one for each. And you put it in and you make a copy. And I think that's a good place to stop for now.
It's the winter of 2008, and John Gates, a 92-year-old man, lies in a hospital-grade bed at the center of his palatial estate. Even in the final hours of his life, Gates can afford the best treatment that money can buy, and so is surrounded by expensive life support machines that monitor him around the clock. To the world at large, John Gates is one of the most successful financial players in history. In the early 50s, his biography details how he scraped together his meager earnings and invested in new companies like IBM and Boeing. The Cold War made John a rich man, and he consistently found himself on the ground floor of companies and fads that would inevitably rise to popularity. The financial world marveled at his seeming ingenuity, and Gates lived a comfortable and fulfilling life. He regrets nothing, and now, on his deathbed, has only one thing he wishes to get off his shoulders. There's a rap at the door, and John's son steps in and approaches the bed. Hey, Pops, how you doing? The nurse said you were asking for me. John Gates, the tycoon with near-prescient foresight, removes the breathing mask from his face and gestures for his son to sit beside him. Under his wrinkled hands lies a black portfolio folder. Nolan, listen closely to me. You need to know. My name is... <coughs> Pops, don't worry about your name. Your name is synonymous with success. Gates Brokerage is now a multinational corporation that's gonna lead the world of investment financing into the future. My name isn't Gates. Excuse me? Says Nolan. Once the people I cared about they called me Chris Rivera. I was a Navy SEAL. Call sign. Blue. So long ago now. Feels like a dream. But they were real. Compass. Thanks. Uh, Beefer. I'm sorry, Pops, but I, I don't understand you. Uh, let me get one of the nerd John Gates, the man out of time, pushes the black folder onto his son's lap with the last bit of strength he can muster. Follow the trends I've laid out. They cover up to 20... As Nolan is distracted investigating the portfolio, John Gates, the living loop paradox, slips from consciousness. His vitals drop quickly, and the medical equipment by his bed rings out in alarm. A team of nurses rush in to stabilize him, but it's too late. John Gates, Chris Rivera, the only survivor of the SEAL team that saved the world, is now dead. His mission finally accomplished. <laughs>